Thanks for checking out Music Talk from the North State. Obviously, you see a different background right now. We're coming to you from the El Rey Theater, which is here in Chico, California. And my guest over here, Jake Sprecher, is a concert promoter as well as a musician and done quite a number of gigs here and is involved with this town. I'm glad to have Jake with me and have you join us here at the El Rey Theater. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Paul. My pleasure. You know, I got to say, what most people probably are feeling right now is they too just came out of a pandemic and they're, they're thinking, okay, we get to play, we get to get out and that kind of stuff. And you've been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think you've probably got a better idea than a lot of us about what it was like before, during and after having to go through that yeah. to kind of reveal what it's like now. So I want to go through like your advice and where you're booking and where you're playing and those kinds of things, but see if the, what we can do to reveal something for our folks over here. Sure. Tell me about what it's like you know, now that we're finally out of our house. Right at this very moment? Yeah. Well, I would say it's as back to normal as it could possibly be when you consider that some things aren't gonna change. Like, it's not as if people are going to stop getting COVID. So yeah, right. it's back, you know? Yeah, Shows right. are as busy as they were beforehand, and they right. have been for a minute. The only real downside these days is if somebody gets COVID in the middle of tour, then they tend to cancel their tour and you might lose a show right. or two. But it's back. So you're doing concert promotion besides you're playing with your own groups. Yeah, things too. yeah, correct. So from a concert promotion standpoint, when mm -hmm. you're having to plan that some you know, band or their agent or anything like that is saying, we're gonna come through and we're gonna book something with you. Yep. Then you're having that still come up like, well, sorry, we're not actually. Yeah, oh yeah, it. no, it I mean, still it happens. happens all the time. I mean, it yeah. happened two weeks ago at a show at Naked Lounge, the touring band loaded in. One of them felt a little under the weather. They went, got a, rapid test, wow. they had COVID, they loaded out. Uh, the whole band was gone. gone. And that night, what do you do with that boy? Then the two locals played instead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, right. I mean, it, ha yeah. it happened while I was on tour in March, you know, like local has to drop off, another local jumps on. Right. I got COVID right after the tour ended. You I lucked out and got the whole thing in before I had to sit at home for, yeah. you know, a week. Yeah. So it's just part of the drill at this point. Yeah. And Right. It will be, so. Yeah, it yeah. will, and it will be. Yeah. So you said Naked Lounge. Yep. I know that you book at Nature, Naked Lounge here, which mm -hmm. is, um, got, it's kind of a coffee place, but it's got a stage, and it's well-known in Chico. A lot yeah. of people, yeah. since I moved here, a it's lot of people know forever. about it. It's been around It's been around for like so, 25 years. 25 years. Something like that. Okay, so it's Various our, owners, yeah. Okay, and so you booked there. How long have you been booking there? Since 2018. Okay. That's when Anna Ryan was running it, and then Anna sold it at the beginning of the pandemic. And then the new owners who are all local music people and events people as well are old friends. And now yeah. I'm splitting the booking with Brandon Squires, who's also a longtime local musician. So uh, yeah, it's in good hands. And then you also book at Duffy's, yep, which is right down the street from the place I play quite a bit down low and lost mm -hmm. on Main. Yep. We've got a, we've got kind of a cool community thing here in Chico, where it's not New York, but it's not LA where everything's spread out, mm -hmm. or even Sacramento where everything's really spread out. And you have to kind of pick up and get in your car to go to different places. No, yeah. You can drop into different clubs and things and feel a lot of things in one night. Very in much our so. Area. Yep. So Duffy's is uh, is well known in our area as well. You do that. You, yeah, how long have you been for doing a Duffy's? decade. Yeah. You've been booking Duffy's a decade? Yeah, more than a decade, since basically 2011. And uh, okay. that's my bread and butter, you might say, and has been for a long time. Right. And the reason we're sitting here right now, mm -hmm. you've also booked in this place. This is a big historic venue that was a movie place, and they actually did some broadcasts in the radio air and things. 1906, I think, it was started there over here. There you go. All right. But that, I got to see that in April 2022, you were booking here for... 
Pat Hull, yeah. and lo and behold, some of our heroes. So yeah, yeah. Some of our local heroes right. and that kind of thing to fill right. it in the spot. Yeah. And sometimes this is an EDM hall, and mm -hmm. sometimes this is a different things. But you also play for a group called the Yule Logs. Yep. So if you haven't yep. checked out the Yule Logs, I know Jake's been doing it a long time. You can check out Jake Sprecker and the Yule Logs, but he's probably going, yeah, that's the one I've done forever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. But this is their home. This is the kind of place where they pack it. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it eventually became our big show. Well, we haven't done it in a few years now, but um, we've had some good shows here. Like I was telling you before, I do play in other bands that have nothing to do with Christmas. Yeah. All the rest of the year. You so said he was a punk group that, besides yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. If that's a detractor to anybody watching, I don't no, just play Christmas be. music. No, if anybody's I know, mad I know. at the holiday music, yeah, then they yeah. haven't figured out how music connects with people. <laughs> but you also said you have like a punk rock group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? yeah. So I play in a band called The Windups these days, and that's who I did the recent national tour with, and that sounds like the Ramones and stuff like that. Yeah, um, gotcha. So it's just one of those things I like to kind of like. I like to preface it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a one-trick pony. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Well, sort you're of. obviously booking a few other places, too, besides sure. the fact that you're a drummer and a musician. Yeah, yeah. You were also telling me that you come from Chico here, and you went to Chico State. Yeah, I grew up in the Bay, but I went to Chico State, and I graduated in 05. So you know our community, even though you didn't grow up here. Yeah. You know this community. Very, very much so. And that yep. has to be part of it, the fact that you've been playing for quite a long time in this area. You mm -hmm. were a student here, you got to see it, and you got to hustle and play all as much as you could, yeah. and then get to know people and know a scene and those kinds of things. Yep. To the point that it may not be Jake's favorite word, but frankly, also, I think a lot of people watching this right now, I'm going to go ahead and add this word to you. You know how to be a gatekeeper to getting a gig. You yeah, know? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't view it gig? that way, but yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you do it long enough, and you're booking for 10-plus years and performing, then... You yeah, start to learn what it yeah, takes. Exactly. What exactly. does that club need? What does that audience exactly, need? Exactly, yeah. And sometimes musicians that might be watching this right now, the aspiring professional that I'm talking to in a uh -huh. lot of ways, might know this or not know this, what it takes. Uh-huh. You know, to yep. get... And they might think of this, if they're, in the, if they're in a region kind of a thing, and you're not in a major market, then frankly, this may only look like a back wall to you, but as I said, this is a major theater. And getting booked here is kind of a high point in a lot of ways. And so just knowing how to do that or what does it take mm -hmm. to serve the needs of the owner of this place, then promote this kind of a thing and the, and the audience that might otherwise show up. Because I think probably most people who are watching will have to admit, uh, you don't go see everything randomly just because you go, oh, that's a venue. Or there was somebody that put up a flyer once or I saw an Instagram post about a date. You have to have a calling and a reason you want to show up kind of mm -hmm. thing. So that's a lot of reason why I wanted to bring Jake into this kind of thing too. The thing I also wanted to talk to you about was concert promotion. So when I was in Los Angeles and I worked for Universal Music Group, we have these big signed artists and that kind of thing, and they'll need to tour. Very often those tours would go through agencies, William Morris, ICM, CAA, Paradigm, and those kinds of things, and they would hit major markets. And when they would need to book those things, they would be going to Live Nation and AEG as the number one and number two. Like mm -hmm. they had venues besides their concert promoters. And I know Live Nation doesn't touch our major market a whole lot. I mean, for me personally, like, the Live Nation world and some of those bigger agencies you listed, it's not on my radar, both on a, a professional or personal level. Like, that, yeah. those aren't the types of places I book, obviously. Yeah. And those aren't the type of bands I listen to, which is nothing against bands that can fill right. big, giant venues, but it's just not, there's nothing about that that says me. 
And I understand yeah. that too yeah. because that's exactly what I want to exactly. do with this podcast and this audience is talk about regions. Yeah. You know, and sometimes this fits big arena venues and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of music in communities everywhere. Right. So you're seeing something other than that. Yeah, and I'll guarantee you that the El Rey at times works with groups that can fill those niches, you know, looking for a show on a whatever they call this, a C market or whatever, you know, as far <laughs> okay. as the, the right. capacity goes. But like whether I'm booking or touring personally, uh, the groups I work with, like I'll just use an example of an agency that I've booked with for a decade. There's an agency down in LA called Space Agency. Okay. And this guy Joey Massa runs it. And 10 years ago, it was just Joey. Right. And now he's got a staff of, you know, four or five people and books a big festival out in the desert. Mm-hmm. but his bands are still not Live Nation bands. That's not what he does. They, they, you know, his top roster, you know, will have like good size, you know, I don't know, maybe 500 cap or something in the city. Okay. Groups Got like it. that. Right. And that's so kind of market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, that's what I want to be doing anyway, whether right. it's booking or promoting. Right. I want to play those sorts of venues. I want to right. bring those sorts of bands to Chico to, to play smaller markets, which happens a lot because then yeah. you feel like you stole somebody on a, Tuesday night or something. <laughs> yeah, right. And the bands like it too because they show up and they have a super intimate show. That's what I was Whereas say maybe too. they played a bigger venue in the city, which was great, but didn't have the kind of interpersonal relationship with the audience. Right. And that's like, that's what makes me happiest as far as bringing talent in. Right. Is you have these groups that want to play something a little bit smaller, maybe on, like I said, a Tuesday, or they randomly fill a Friday or Saturday night because they know they can have a they're on the road. More rockish show here. There's right. lots of reasons to want to do it. But I think the intimacy part of it actually matters a lot because mm-hmm. when you're on tour, any group, regardless of your genres and those kinds of things, being in front of people that actually are interacting with you in front yeah. of you, there's yeah. nothing like that. No, no. And so it isn't, you could call it a C market. That may be the way that they list it. Yeah, but yeah. But frankly, it's a market where people will actually show up yeah. and really be Yeah, That only with means you. financials for, right. for folks that are looking right. at it that way. It doesn't mean that it's not as cool, it just means it's not as big. Right. You're booking places right now that you said, I, one of them you were telling me before is around 130. Yeah, or that's, like yeah, that. naked lounges like that. Duffy's is like 150. So you connect with yeah. people. Yeah. And that makes a lifelong fan in a way that, Live Nation is part of, t- you know, Ticketmaster and Live Nation are actually one company. Right. They, and if you think about it, you paid some Ticketmaster fees and what kind of prices you're, go- you're paying to go there, they're not wrong. They serve a purpose and those kinds of things, but you're not connected to the person. You're in a big arena mm-hmm. for an experience that is more like a life, a once in a lifetime, so you saw that person or you were there that night kind of thing. Yeah. But it isn't an- it's another thing when you were there with them kind mm-hmm. of thing as a player. Right. Yep. yep. So you booked also, you said you were booking tours for yourself. Which group? Yeah. So like the windups, for example, just got done with the national and we, we actually chose to start in the Midwest because we could do the West coast any old time. And cause we live on the West coast, but we had yeah. some open availability with my bandmates and I drove all the way out to the Midwest and then they flew out and we did the loop around the East coast and came back across the heartland. Um, and okay. I booked that along with the label that our band is on and, um, What's the name of the label? Mount St. Mountain. It's based okay. out of SAC, and they do mostly San Francisco and L.A. bands with okay. a little North State stuff okay. sprinkled in. Got it. But, um, I mean, those are the kind of clubs that we were playing that I would be booking relevant to Chico. You know what I mean? Right. And that's exactly what I want to be doing. So, right. yeah. And so you don't need an agent because you have this experience, but an agent's job usually is to do exactly that. For those, yeah. For those yeah. that are watching it, an agent's job is booking gigs, and it's that simple. 
you know, a label's job is to make recordings and they might do more than those kinds of things, but fundamentally a label does the recordings, the agency does the booking of the gigs, the concert promoters who they're booking with mm -hmm. usually has to go like, that size room makes sense, or what's your background, is this the right fit for us, and those kinds of things. But you have a lot of this experience now because you're doing concert promotion. Right, but honestly, I'd like to, this, I'll just use this particular band as an example. I'd love to be working with somebody like Joey at Space Agency, yeah. you know, within a year or two, because it's a little bit cumbersome booking your own tours when you're also booking shows for a living, and it kind of wears you out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be nice to hand that to somebody off in time, but it takes time for your band to get like that. It sounds like probably a good problem to have if you're watching this right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that right. you're so busy yeah, that it's yeah. hard to book your shows and be booking shows. Well, it's That's more like you just get, you're like, wow, I just got to check my email for the hundredth time today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it does also sound like you're living the dream. Well, it's, yeah, within, yeah, to an extent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because you're playing drums and you're booking shows and you're yeah, you know, yeah. You're trying to make sure who else plays at the right place and all that kind of stuff. You're living in music, man. Yeah, I mean that group. I play guitar in front, so it's I get really? to use my the songwriting side. But I mean, it's still it's a great vehicle to get out of town. That part I didn't know. So you also play more than drums. You also play guitar. Yeah, most of the bands I play in these days, or the, or the last several years, would be guitar. Hey, so. I just joined this area, you know, I moved here and got involved with Chico State and that kind of thing. Coming home to Northern California since I was a kid, there's a community and a vibe here. And mm -hmm. you've been here longer than me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of different towns can have something that really makes them special. But this one you've seen more than me. Yeah. What have you experienced? What have you seen? What makes it cool to you? Well, I mean, there is a certain, uh, you know how Chico State has the reputation of a party school, no matter how much time goes by, yeah, right? Right. Well. Party school is kind of a cliche thing to say, but there is like a, an element of just people being excitable around here, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. No matter what crew or scene you hang out with. And yeah, that transfers that. over into the local music scene. I get so you. like, I'll just use a couple of examples. I've had a couple shows recently uh, booking one with a band from Portland two weeks ago, one with a group from Brazil just this last weekend. Both of them told me that they were the, bo they were the best shows of their whole tour. Uh -huh. And the reason they said that is because the interaction they had with people was like exciting and right. people want to stand up close to the stage and people want to make a bunch of noise and right. buy all their merch and all of these things that I'm not saying don't happen in other markets because they do. Yeah. But like it's pretty reliable that if you have a good show and you have at least some bodies here, you're going to more than likely have a pretty good response from your audience. Yeah. And um you can't say that everywhere. You yeah, know? you really can't. Especially, you know, if you're used to getting out and seeing other markets. Mm -hmm. It's not always like that. It was extremely hard in Los Angeles to get people to get yeah. excited because there's yeah. so many things happening. It's, and it's so spread out. It's hard to get that audience to really show up. And yeah. then even, even though there's a lot of them and there's so many things to do, it's hard to get them to show up and really care and give that love back and forth. Yep. But I have seen what you're talking about in this town. And I wonder, I can't help but think that there's got to be others, you know, mid-sized kind of regions oh, there where there are communities where they really appreciate there their are. artists kind of things, but there's something special that's going yeah, on here. Yeah, no, they're all over the place. It's just that we happen to live in one of those little bubbles. And right. I'll just give you one quick example from my most recent tour. One of the four best shows of the whole tour was Columbus, Ohio, which is a bigger town than Chico, yes, but it's in the middle of, you know, it's a college town. It's a yeah. big college town. Right. And that was one of the very best shows of the whole tour, you know, and I can't say that about Pittsburgh, yeah, I, right. I can't say it about Denver, 
Um, but that night, it was fantastic. Good and places to be, but it's another thing as a musician. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When people are just engaged with you. you right. Know, you kind of get something special off the night. Exactly. And I've seen that. That has to be a reason why you stay here and keep doing what you yeah, do. Yeah, no, it's a big reason. Yeah, because obviously you're successful enough. The skills you've got, you can go somewhere else and do other kinds of things. Maybe, but I couldn't pay my rent um, because <laughs> there's. Yeah. I have friends that work doing these sorts of things in bigger markets and you know they have to live in a shoebox with four other people because it is what it is on the west coast and yeah. i don't want to do that in so. pieces of the east coast as far as that goes yeah. but yeah. any major market kind of thing all of a sudden you're dealing with the finances yeah. of pulling this yeah. off yeah. to live the dream in so, a lot of ways too yeah i have no interest i i have a a nice little mother-in-law unit I live in. Yeah, right. That's good enough for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, got that's it. Good enough for me. You know, and I think that's a lot of things that I, that's you're bringing up a point that I would like to bring up in this podcast yeah. is we often hear you've got to move to the major market. I did it, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm playing trombone and I wanted to work in the record business, so I moved to the major market, going like, well, what else am I going to supposed to do? There's L.A., Nashville, and New York. We hear that. And even though we've got the era of saying, well, no, that there's a digital world and you don't have to do that anymore. Still, if you want to convene with lots of people or you want to see the scale of a typical type of a, what you think the music business is, then there are major markets. Mm -hmm. But you're saying, no, I'm actually better off not being in those places because I can afford my living, have a lifestyle, and yeah. make a living in music right where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, there's a trade-off. I mean, from a promoting perspective, I'm definitely better off being here. From a touring perspective, you know, you're never going to have the same amount of opportunities thrown your way. You know, you're just not. Yeah, you know, right. You're not going to have the local promoters not randomly going to hit your band up and say, hey, we need somebody to fill in at the Independent tonight. Hey, mm -hmm. we need somebody to fill in. Or, uh, yeah, you want to play the Great American, uh, you know, a month from now? I need a support group. You're not going to get those opportunities here. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. But once you accept that there's a trade-off and that you have to work a lot harder for other things, the grass is greener thing isn't, you, know, you just kind of accept it. It's part it's, of the drill. So I think we're actually hitting two things about a region that's really cool, which is you're saying that you can really make something out of your region and you uh -huh. can make something out of it as long as you're setting your sights on what that is. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, from working in the record business and working in Los Angeles and that kind of thing, you know, yesteryear's version, the sort of romantic idea that you move to Hollywood and find your way is a hard road for a lot of folks because you end up figuring out that you are very much a little fish in a big pond. And it can be sidetracking, all of a sudden you have another job, you have another life and those kinds of things. Or you find out what the competition's really like and you get disheartened when you have an electric thing. But if you have a story in a region like this, you're the biggest thing in you know Des Moines or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know. Then you have and you have a hometown culture and those kinds of things and people that follow you. You can build that sort of story, and that you're a hometown hero and that people follow you and prove it mm -hmm. from your local media, your local scene, and your local. We booked those clubs. We made those things happen. That then becomes a tour that can go if you are looking for it to get out of your own market wherever it is. I think it's just a positive of being in one region to do that mm -hmm. because people will show up and they'll tell your story for you and with you, especially yeah. in a digital space, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I think it's just anybody that's lived here long enough, you eventually kind of figure out the ceiling and right. how right. do you want to break it? How high do you think you can go? And where do you, do you what are you to? willing to sacrifice in between? There's things you're sacrificing by moving to the bigger market for any job, one of which, like we talked about, is what you pay for rent. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I mean, where do you want to live? How much space do you want to have? Do you want right. to be able to park your car on the street every day and not get a ticket? I don't know. There's a million different things. So there's a trade-off no matter how you look at it. You just got to get comfortable with it right. as time goes by. So in all cases, though, we can say that there's a lifestyle choice to make, but you yep. can still make it in music and all of it. Exactly. I mean, I'm, 
I didn't plan on it being this way, but it worked out that this is my job. And uh, I wasn't a, a music industry student. I, I was a philosophy and humanities major. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I'm certain that there's things that you learn in your department that have plenty of real world connection, but that wasn't how I did it. There's the, always a way. You know, yeah. yeah, we can add value in classes, but there's no substitute for learning by doing. Yeah, exactly. There, there isn't. Yeah. Know? So another thing I want to ask you about is you've moved from that point of being the musician who plays as much as you can everywhere, drums and guitar mm -hmm. and being up front or, you know, sideman and all those things in multiple yeah. groups to the point that you started booking things. And we mm -hmm. mentioned Duffy's and Naked Lounge and here mm -hmm. at the El Rey or wherever else. I remember you were over at Laxon when you were doing the Ulogs thing. Yeah, it's another yeah, yeah. group, right? So you've moved to the point where you have to then see what it takes for the next generation to get a gig mm -hmm. and whether or not they're ready for the 130 seat room or the 800 seat room or anything in between, yeah. you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And I bet you're at the point that you also really understand the club, the promoter, the promotion and what it really takes. And if the band or the artist or the DJ, whoever they are, they're ready. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you may hate these words, but it's a word that we use very often, gatekeeper. Sure. You have a gatekeeper's awareness mm -hmm. that other people don't go. When they go, I'm playing, I'm practicing. What right. do I need to do? You know, right, right. why would I not get booked? I think I know something or I think I have something. Sure. When are they ready? I don't think there's any one answer to that because part of it's just individual tastes, right? I mean, like you might be trying to get into one place where the promoter likes X, Y, or Z and another place where the promoter likes something completely different. You know right. what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. like at Duffy's, I'll just use that as an example. Like, oh. There's not one thing that I book, but there's certain things I've never booked there because that's just not what the bar is really about. Do people send you things that they don't know the bar? Yeah, I mean, especially folks that are from out of town, right? Because right. they're just sending stuff out of the blue. But, right. I, you know, let's just, I'll give you a concrete example. Yeah. I don't book, I don't book jam bands at Duffy's. Mm -hmm. And I'm not putting down jam music because I have friends that do it. Yeah. And I've been a DJ at KZFR forever. And there's a big part of, like, the local dead community plugs into KZFR directly. I don't, I don't book that stuff at Duffy's. I just never have. Yeah. So I don't get many emails from those folks anymore because they know that's not what we do. Okay. I don't book metal at Duffy's per se, just because the owner has never, the owner's never been real into that consistently. So I don't get tons of bands hitting me up to book metal. Okay. Um, but other places that might be what they focus on. Like we're right. doing more metal at Naked Lounge now. Home on the Range is, <laughs> is now a great spot for all the local jam heads. Okay. You know, there's way more of that being booked there because that's part of the foundation of what you know, the people running it are about. Do you know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So yeah, first do. off, you know, look at the place you're trying to, to pitch yourself to, right? Look at their own calendar yeah, yeah. and look, look at what at, they actually what go are they, for. What do they do? What do they go for? And what you're saying, if yeah. I'm getting this too, is you're also really, because it's coming from the owner, uh -huh. but from the outside, just look at the calendar for a few for a few months back. You can probably Google that kind of thing and see what's ahead and what's, gone, what's just happened right. and see whether you fit the kind of vibe in the bill. Yeah, yeah. Because if the owner and the, the concert promoter will or won't go for if this is the right and wrong venue for that. Yeah, which isn't to say that your band sucks or whatever. It just means that it's maybe it's not what they do. You yeah. Know? So instead of throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks, yeah, yeah. as they say, right. yeah, know what you're going after and do a little homework for it before yeah, you yeah. say that. And okay. then after that, I mean, honestly, it's just a matter of, um, there, I think there's a, a good way and a bad way to pitch yourself. Yeah. Obviously, it's all happening. It, it happens via email. Yeah. Nobody's dropping off CDs, or at least nobody that thinks that's how you're going to get booked, right? Great, great. 
So, I mean, it sounds boring, but like there's some really basic things you can do to give yourself a better opportunity to get your pitch read and not dismissed. Can you give me like the one, two, yeah, three? Yeah, yeah. When you don't have time and you got too many emails coming in, like yeah, what are they? Yeah, I mean, even if it didn't work out, the best chance you could give yourself, and I think most people, most, you know, bookers, promoters would agree, something succinct in the, the headline about yeah. who you are and what dates you're looking for, a short email about what you do, briefly, you know, what you might sound like with a couple of links to, you know, where you can stream the music, right. maybe some relevant information about where you've played before in the market, mm -hmm. and that's it. Okay. That gives you the best chance. If somebody gives you a one sheet, is it about this just as good to you as if they sent it in the email with a couple links? Yeah, I mean, a one sheet makes sense if it's like a, a, a group coming from an agency or something. Right. Because then they're presenting all of these things that they've already done to kind of be like, hey, we're this band that we're cool enough to have this amount of draw and you should look at us because we're already recognized this way and that way. So you but expect like, to see it, it on the graphic if they're already established. Right, Otherwise, right. you're but fooling if, yourself. If you're, Just write you it. know, if it was my college band in 2003, right? Right. Let's say, let's say that everything was being booked when I was in college by email in 2003. Right. It, would, it has no usefulness to be like, hey, the uh, professor at Chico State said this about me. Yeah, and that's right. nothing against you. I'm not, it just I'm not doesn't, offended. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. So just like, here, here it is, straight to yeah. the point. Let's not pretend that we're something we're not. This is what we're this about. Is what we're we're about. like this. We booked here. Here's how we we're sound. Yeah. There, right. there you go. And here's a couple links. Yeah. Are you willing? That's your best chance right there. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Because if you get this like tome sent to you in oh, email, yeah. no. I'm like, especially. I'm going I'm to say also, we all have phones, and yeah, most, yeah. most people read their emails over phones. I bet uh -huh. anybody watching this and all the rest of us do. If I have to do this with my thumb, and I haven't even looked at your words yet, and I go like this, you're not going to get read for two, three days if I ever get back to it. Right, <laughs> and here's another thing. Like, this is for me booking shows for my own band. 75% of your emails will not get responded to at all, no mm -hmm. matter who you are most of the time, unless mm -hmm. you're really somebody that does well for yourself. The other 15% before you actually confirm stuff, you have an exchange with and they can't do it. And then the leftover is what might actually become your tour. Right. So even if you're doing a pretty good job for yourself in booking out of town, let's say, most of your emails... Don't get answered. Don't get answered. And the, does the follow-up yeah. matter? Is it just no. that they get missed? No. No. It doesn't either. matter. If it's like one or two in, yeah. if you haven't got an answer, that, no. that promoter's just, not going to take the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, so... Okay. You got to be really, really good at what you do beyond just sounding good to be fortunate enough to get most of your emails responded to. Which you know is, what I mean? Which is make it succinct. It's, it's beyond taste and then, at that and, point. Yeah. And then have a thick skin. Yeah. And yeah. move on. And, and move just on. not, get, not exactly. get too attached to it. Not get attached. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Get you. So I think you actually gave some really good clues for a lot of folks, which is the header needs to be clear. Mm -hmm. What dates? Where am I looking to do this? This is what we sound like. And here's our links. Yeah. And that's what you need. Yeah, you know? that's all and, you need. And three quarters of those are not going to get responded to, not because you're not necessarily worthy, but it might not be the right thing for that venue maybe, or that date. Maybe nine-tenths of them won't be responded to. Yeah, some were, you it's were just, saying 75, even 90%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, and you, you don't know. get hurt. You send the next one. Yeah. And I would add even one more thing. We see so much through our phones, too. Our, our, line, our subject line is about that long on most right. people's phones, too. Right, right. So if you have to write a long one this way or at the beginning and think that you have to explain things, right. or you have to pitch something and fluff it, too late. Yeah. Yeah. And then in addition, like let's say you're booking a full tour, you know, you want to include your, your routing. You know, this is where we're going to be on these dates, full routing listed below, and 
we're trying to plug into here and we're friends with this band that recommended, you know, name drop somebody if it's worth it. You know, if, if your friend Joe gave you a recommendation for this bar in Detroit and they know the booking agent, then say as much because yeah. that helps a lot. Right, right. Um, because reference. you're just trying to like connect the dots at a point and that might be enough to at least get a response even if it doesn't work out and then that person might point you in the direction of somebody else that then connects right. you with you and right. it really works you know yeah, if, you, if you have personal connections at places mm -hmm. they're more likely to be like okay well I'll at least respond to this person got it yeah hey you know, I was thinking about something you just said to me too about the venue know your venue and know your genre before mm -hmm. you send those things in the licensing business that I was in in Los Angeles we said the same thing about the visual media business don't send something to a music supervisor for a TV show if you haven't watched that show mm -hmm. to know the place, the show, the genre to know if you fit. Right. Because a lot of music supervisors for visual media get thought of from the outside world like they're A&R and they just get sent all kinds of slock like you're going you're gonna to sift through this. Yeah. And, you, and that person doesn't have time. It sounds like it's very similar for you too. Yeah. Like don't make me have to go through all that to figure out who you are and whether you fit you know, and throw everything at me. Well, truthfully, I mean, and I'm not speaking for everybody else, but I know this to be the case a lot of the time with other people that, that book shows consistently. It's not even a matter of don't make me, you know, sift through and see what you sound like. It's that most of the time, if it's really obvious that this is just not a very good pitch, okay. I'm probably not even going to check it anyway. Okay. You know, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. And people get so many emails that you kind of, you know, you get your spider sense tingling. Yeah, right. And you're like, well, I know this isn't, doesn't make any sense anyway. Right. You know, you don't even have to check most. Hey, you know, something that happens a lot with agencies and the big markets, and that's because I wonder if it happens here quite a bit, is about radius clauses. I, I can only play for a 45-day yeah, yeah. window or a 60-day window. Mm -hmm. I can't play within this mile radius mm -hmm. because the concert promoter where I book says I can't play anywhere else. Right. Do you run into that kind of thing? Um, you mean in the Chico market? Yeah. Not really. I mean, because one, we're a ways from any other market. Like yeah. we're 70 plus miles from SAC. Yeah. And Reading has no influence on nobody's going to, so my we, world's not playing in Reading anyway. Right. Um, so it's like, if you're a local band, do you have a show next week? Yeah. That's right. about it. Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So do you solicit groups or you just pretty much they're just coming at you more than you can take? Uh, no, sometimes I go after people like like when I was doing Valley Fever, which was the name of the festival I was doing downtown before COVID. Mm -hmm. I'd specifically be going after groups from out of town and their agents and saying, hey, send me who you might have available in this date range. Right. But I go after locals all the time. I mean, because, you know, you you got to have your local support to make most of these shows work. And right. You know, those are all the people I'm closest with anyway, so I'm constantly hitting up locals to fill spots. And they have the followings off of other locals yeah. because that, then that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, Got it. So tell me about Valley Fever, mm -hmm. what that's like. Because now once you bring up festivals, yeah. that's another thing than the venue. It's, it may be related, but you're talking about Duffy's and Naked Lounge's venues yeah. that you're booking. But when you put on a festival in a community kind of mm -hmm. thing, now you've got to do multiple bands with a community feel, mm -hmm. and you probably got to get in between a city and some other kinds of brands and things, you know. Tell me what, you, what I don't know. Yeah, so for Valley Fever, which is still the namesake of my independent promotion, like social media, the name implies this like three-day thing that yeah. we did downtown. I say we. First, me and my buddy Matt, who used to manage Naked Lounge. Okay. And then I eventually just kind of started doing it on my own entirely. 
it was like a you know club to club thing like okay. these bands play this time at Duffy's these bands play this time at Argus these guys play at Naked Lounge or Blue Room or the first nights at the Maltese and then you get a wrist you buy a wristband and you show you it travel? where you go and you you pop okay. club to club just okay. like right. the tiniest tiniest version of like the the bigger things like CMJ which is now extinct in New York or South by Southwest you know this is just a little downtown version of it right so instead of everything going simultaneously you would literally have the bands yeah the, the audience actually traveling from there would be some crossover you have to do it to stagger times a little bit but the mm -hmm. idea is you have enough going on and the shows are slightly different enough to where you know, this crowd knows they're going to be at this show, this right. crowd here, then they filter over, so that sort of thing. So when you do a festival, you have to think, my audience is going to be this type. Now, I know in our area we have a lot of eclectic kind of uh -huh. audiences and music, but you kind of want to have the music make sense together, or do you not? Do you well, want to have each location have a different thing? I, I tried to keep it relatively streamlined, you know, just the, the, the genres that I know best and have the most enthusiasm for booking, especially for you know, I wanted at least one touring band on every single show. So mm. most of the touring bands I was bringing in fit my personal tastes more, you know what okay. I mean? Okay. But then I would have, you know, set up shows where, oh, well, there's going to be some real heavies at this one, and I think it's more likely that you're going to see these folks be attending this show when I know how I have more of a pop show over here. Yeah. Therefore, you feel like you're not, you know, kind of like diluting the draws for the two shows independently, you know? Okay. So you just kind of keep those things in mind. Are you thinking about the venue vibe or are you thinking about the seats and how many people they can literally fit in there? Uh, a little bit of both, little but both. I mean, relatively speaking, the, you know, Argus, Duffy's, Naked Lounge, Blue Room, Maltese, they all hold about the same amount of people, you know what right. I mean? So it's not like there's some huge dichotomy of, oh, I need to fill the L Ray at 8 p.m. Right. You know, every place holds between 100 and 150 mm -hmm. people, so. And when yep. you do have to deal with, like, separate from the, uh, the Valley Fever Festival, those kinds of things, if you're going to fill a room like this, which you just did, mm -hmm. you know, with the local bands, how does that change for you for having to deal with concert promotion? Like, well, what, what are you thinking about? Or you know those, those names have to carry it. Yeah, well, my buddy Matt, who, who's been booking here since the ownership change, you know, he wanted to do a local show and was receptive. And right. um, basically it was just incumbent on me to pitch him something that I knew I could at least get I don't know, 250, 300 people in here. Because right. it needs to be worthwhile for the l race time. Right. Um, so I did my best to come up with a local lineup of folks that we could get heads out for. And I think we wound up with around 300 people. Right. And that that works pretty well for the l race. So it's not a bad, even though it yeah. sits 800, yeah, they'll yeah. all sit here in the close area. There's a space where they can stand or they can be down on the floor right here. And then there's all these seats that feel like a movie theater going right, stadium right, seating right. and things. You could fill all the way to there, but the intimacy still happens right in front. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Matt and those folks would tell you that they don't expect every show to be sold out. Right. You know, there's probably, I know their profit margin is, they know how many people they need to, to staff that night and et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure it's more expensive to book shows here in the summer when you need to run the air conditioning and it's 100 degrees outside. This is a huge room. So these are, those are things to think about too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I bet you a lot of people watching this or they're starting off as musicians don't even realize that. They, yeah. don't, they don't think about that from the owner's point yeah, of view. Yeah. What does it cost to run this place? Right. Therefore, I need to bring this many people in. Have I got the right place or the right vibe what I'm asking yeah, for something? Exactly. And if you reverse engineer it sometimes, you start to figure out, am I making the right pitch? 
or have I figured out what the other side needs? And once you start figuring out what the other side needs, I think it gets easier. Right. Because yep. you go audience-centered instead of art and artistic and selfish-centered. Yeah. And then yeah. you start figuring a whole lot out about what the other side totally. needs. Totally. Yep. And so I got to ask you another thing. When you book people for Duffy's Naked Lounge and you're, you're doing your kinds of festivals and those kind of things, mm -hmm. do you expect a contract? Not for locals, but for anybody with an agent, yes. Yeah. yeah then and, it's and do you run into that when you're trying to book your own groups to go out and play for only, the bands you play with? Only if it's the, only if that band has an agent. Like a band I used to be in had um, a booking agency based out of Chicago, and obviously they were sending out contracts with whatever our guarantee was, which wasn't a lot. Okay, what are the basic things you see if you just had to like go like it's it's it says this 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 and this. Yeah, I mean it's it's all pretty standard. You what know? is that? Like this is when the band plays, and here's what they are guaranteed versus X amount and. Maybe there's a rider with some hospitality and some meal buyouts or, mm -hmm. you know, nothing super, super fancy. And if you're a promoter and you can't provide X, Y, or Z, then you just cross it off and say, here's what I can and can't do and send it back to them. And most of the time it doesn't matter, you know. I mean, if you're a bigger group, well, then they might be more of a stickler for that sort of thing. But if you're just playing like small the market shows, um, people are usually pretty cool. That sounds like the kinds of things that's really good for the artists to be in those situations. From mm -hmm. the venue's point of view, there's gotta be also, and you'll show up, and you will sound check if we need you to, right. and if you don't, that you guaranteed us something. I would imagine that's also running into that. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're booking the shows and, and you can't, like I said, if, if you know that sound check's not an option for that place, then you just tell them ahead of time. Right. You know? What kind of thing goes into the contract of, if you don't show up, you're guaranteeing us something. As in, if the band didn't come yeah. to play at all? Right, yeah. Oh, we well, got a contract and you didn't show yeah, up. They, well, What's that, in that contract dealt with that? Uh, it, nothing for the venue. I mean, maybe some places there is, but not, not in my world. I mean, you if, often just get if, screwed if, and if COVID, if COVID canceled the show or I've had it where a, van, uh, a band's van breaks down, yeah. then they're just... The you show. gotta call two friends and yeah, figure it out. The locals play quick. that night or you let it go. the show just ends. You know, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Right. Yep. Yeah, got it. Okay, so I got one more question for you, which is about my audience right now. A lot of people would probably like to be the ones who are in charge of actually putting on shows yeah, yeah. and booking shows and being the concert promoter. And so if they wanted to get into that, I know you can intern and you could learn from being on the scene and that kind of thing, but that's not how you started it. You know, you mm -hmm. went through your direction. What does it take or what would you have as advice for that audience right now if they say, I want to go into that. I want to be the one in charge of booking for my local venues or making that my living. Yeah, well, I think step one would be event planning of any kind to get started with. And I'm telling you that could be as DIY as you want it to be, which like I'm going to start throwing house shows and yeah. I you know, I line up the bands and they know when to be here and I take care of the donations of the cover. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, it's that, I mean, the first shows I ever booked were things that I just kind of threw together. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you learn by doing. You learn so by doing. And yeah. then at some point, you know, you're, you've got a friend that has, uh, you know, a job at a small cafe that's willing to let the place after hours, you know, have a PA system and you throw shows in that room. It's starting small where they yeah. are okay with their space being Yeah, used. like event planning of any kind. Maybe it's right. not even a show. Maybe it's like some sort of like pop-up art fair that you and your friends want to put on. You know what I right. mean? Just right. like come up with things to do that you can organize yourself. And then as time goes by and you know, you actually like doing it, you're going to get better at it. You're going to make right. more connections because you've been working with people right. that are coming in and out of your orbit. 
and giving you opportunities to do things at other places. True. So, I mean, just having the drive to organize things by yourself or with other people, getting along with people. I think, I think you gave some really good advice. You're talking about it from an event planning perspective. Even if you literally are starting to get to know the caterer and it's a couple of venues and those kinds of things and seeing what they need, mm -hmm. what the venue needs, you can probably pick it up from a lot of different directions. Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't have to just be shows. It can be any number of things that lead to you're watching other pads. Because you're watching how many people, what number, yep. who's involved, what does it take to run the clock on it, the money of mm -hmm. it, once you start to learn what everybody else needs. Yep, exactly. Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Hey, thank you for doing this. This means a lot to me because you're a fellow musician. You've been in this town. You've been feeling it, doing it. You experience it. You live it. And also coming to one of our relative homes for yeah, away yeah. from home here at the El Rey. Thanks for having and me. And joining me for doing this. And we'll see you next time.